Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. Most leaders don't want things to stay the same. They want to see momentum and progress. Most leaders recognize the need to lead with a forward focus. This is all about developing a simple, clear innovation plan that you can actually implement because there's no point in having a grandiose plan that you can never use. So that's what this podcast is about. A lot of innovators, they just need a framework for moving forward. And that's what I'm here for, to give you a plan. I'm going to introduce a plan with eight elements. Eight elements that help you move from thought to deed, from idea to action. Let's get started. Let's begin by assessing opportunities for innovation. Where is there a little inertia or complacency? Are there departments or divisions that report to you that have fallen asleep at the wheel? Where is the most fertile ground? Or, if you want to apply this to yourself, where have you gotten a little lax? Yeah, we're looking for opportunities for innovation. For me, I know that there are times when I slow down in my professional development, specifically in my reading. Now, I'm not talking about the mysteries and spy novels that I devour weekly. I love Daniel Silva and I love Walter Mosley. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the journal articles and the books that I need to read to stay current in my work. There are times when I know I let that slide. That's an opportunity for innovation. When that happens, I know that I have an opportunity on the personal level. I have to research new topics, find new books, look for interesting courses, and make ways to connect with other learners. Let's move to the business realm. You've got to be able to build a business case for creativity and innovation. You know, in that first step, you assess the opportunities, but now you got to make some sense out of those opportunities so that people will pay attention. If you want people to really consider what you're proposing, link what you propose to aspects of what currently exists. This is going to help people at least get a little comfort with what you're proposing. So be sure and make a few clear linkages in your business case. And while you're making links, figure out ways that your innovations can positively impact the bottom line. Let me give you an example. One of my clients was noticing a lot of turnover in the first three to six months of employment. A woman in one of the functional areas was tasked with leading a team to redesign the onboarding process. She wasn't from HR, and this is an important point. She was not from HR, the place where we would expect this type of innovation to originate. She was in a business unit that was negatively impact, impacted by the constant turnover. Remember, innovations can come from anywhere. Don't just look for innovators in traditional or obvious places. Instead, start looking for people who have a spark 
people who demonstrate curiosity about the organization, not just about their department or division. Find the people who are willing to challenge the status quo. This woman was able to make a clear link between the costs of turnover and the company's bottom line. She gathered data on the costs of recruiting, orienting, and all the other important elements related to retention. That link to the bottom line was critical in getting executives to take notice. They let her form a cross-level, cross-functional team to totally reinvent the entire onboarding process. I really don't think that she would have gotten the resources without that link to the bottom line. So as you're formulating your business case, make sure that it's relevant to the senior decision makers who can allocate resources. Make sure that you can tie your business case to the bottom line. You got started with your assessment, you built your business case, and you created meaningful linkages. Now it's time to define really clear objectives related to the risk-taking, to the creativity, and to the innovative practices. This is where you make the rationale you created when building your business case even more real and even more meaningful. This is when you move that business case into operational objectives. I want to go back to that example. The woman who revolutionized the company's onboarding process worked with her team to come up with three objectives. The first was to create an onboarding experience that made the company's culture obvious and compelling. The second was to create human connections between new hires and existing employees. And the third, which it was pretty obvious, was to retain new hires for a lot longer than three to six months. I can't remember the exact target, but I know it was more than three to six months, and that was the third objective. After you come up with your clear objectives, you have to begin what I call descriptive work. You have to be able to describe what you're building or what you're doing so that people, so that stakeholders from all over the organization can imagine it for themselves. Stay away from innovations that are so obscure and so abstract that they only make sense to you and a few other visionaries or pseudo-visionaries. Come up with some clear pictures, some examples, even prototypes if you can, things that allow people to understand what you're up to. Part of this descriptive work happens through communication. The objectives have to be communicated constantly using different mediums. Use your intranet. Use staff meetings. Create opportunities for dialogue so that people get it, so they get the descriptions, and so that they're starting to get cemented in their minds. Okay, the next step is so, so, so very obvious, but I have to state it anyway. You have to act. You have to do something. The objectives that you identified should guide strategic action. You just have to do something. I get really frustrated with people who are so cerebral and they have all these great ideas, but they just can't make any of them happen. I want to throttle them. The goal isn't just to think innovative, creative thoughts. It's about doing innovative, creative work. This is the get it in gear element of the plan. 
this is when you learn from trial and error, track what you're learning, and recalibrate as necessary. Up next, assuming, now we're assuming that you've been taking action to make your innovations reality. I'm assuming that you've been paying attention to your steps and your missteps, and there will be missteps. Now you have to start looking at the ways that the culture needs to be redirected or completely changed as a result of your innovations. Yep, culture's got to change. Now, I'm a believer in easing into culture change. I don't believe you need to make big pronouncements. Have a few successful innovations. Start encouraging more experimentation. Explore each innovation and experiment really deeply. Find ways to replicate best practices that you're witnessing and creating. Then you'll be able to start building intentional alignment with the innovations that are popping up all over the company. I think that's how you build a culture of creativity and innovation. Yep, I know there are lots of other facets of culture change, but we're not focusing on that in this podcast. Think about yourself as a leader. Think about your leadership. Think about the example or the role modeling that you're providing. That is what will give people the courage to take the leap of faith and let themselves be a little more creative. You're going to be demonstrating what you want to see in the organization. Use your leadership to model ways to be ingenious, to make improvements. This is how you will reacculturate the organization. The next element in this innovation action plan is education. People have to know how to do whatever it is that you want them to do differently. I want to go back to that example of the team that revolutionized the approach to onboarding. They began by educating themselves. They each took a best practice in onboarding, learned about it, and taught it to their team members. They watched videos and they read articles so that they all became experts on the subject. Their education went beyond their own learning. They also conducted some short training sessions for people who volunteered to be partners with new employees. They made sure that these folks knew the basics of effective mentoring and effective coaching. They did short training sessions for the managers who would be delivering modules in the onboarding. They wanted these leaders to focus on the company's core values in a way that was interactive and informative. They did not want them putting people to sleep in the orientation. They wanted people to feel great about beginning their career with this company. The last element is evaluation. Pay attention to how you're launching or have launched your innovation. What are you learning from initial efforts? Pay attention to your ongoing implementation plan. Where do you need to stop, back up, and try it again? Think about how you've been communicating. Have you built enough dialogue for people to want to support your initiative? There are any number of ways to evaluate. Weave in measures to keep you focused on outcomes throughout your work. 
Keep continuous quality improvement in the forefront of your mind and tightly woven into all of your practices. So now, I need to say this as I wrap up. Sustainable innovations don't happen by accident. They don't happen just because you had a brilliant brainstorm. You need more than a bright idea to make what you imagine become what you begin to live. You need more than brilliant insights to really create something different. What I hope is that you're going to use the eight elements to shake things up in your personal and professional life. Innovation becomes possible and probable when we take it seriously and create and follow a path. I hope that these elements, these eight elements, will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar 